the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Friday show. We've made it to the end of another week. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering Bible questions, life questions, anything that you're going through. We'll do the best that we can to answer your questions. You need only to call 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free if you're outside the local area by dialing 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can send them in on our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. Um, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. There'll be a banner on the top of your screen that says, Call Now. He just touched that, and the rest is all hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for our main number, 340-9585. Now, because it's Friday, it's always a busy weekend. Church services on Sunday. Uh, we've got church tonight here. Uh, I'm going to be beginning in Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to do the first six verses tonight. Um, as you get your heart ready to go to church on Sunday, be available to be used by the Lord. Look for people that are hurting. Look for people that look like they need to be loved on a little bit. And you be the man or the woman that God uses. It'll change your life. Hey, one quick program announcement. I'll try to remind you at the end of the program today if I can remember. Uh, But for now, uh, Monday is a holiday. And we will not be doing a live program. Uh, We'll be doing a rebroadcast. So uh, no live program on Monday. Uh, If you have questions, you can call today or we'll be back live on Tuesday, Lord willing. Let me get to some questions that have been sent in while we wait for any phone calls that you have. Uh, This is uh, from our email inbox from Edward. Uh, He writes, in reading the second part of Psalms, 212 can we interpret the use of the statement your way as how jesus said in luke 31 and just as you want men to do to you you also do to them likewise or is it more like matthew 7:13 for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction uh edward i tried really really hard to 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 find either one of those passages uh in the second part of that and um, I, I'm sorry, I just I just don't see it. I think it's uh, going in a completely different direction. Now, we obviously know that this is uh, a messianic psalm. And as we get to the end of it, um, Jesus is, of course, coming as judge. Um, and I think in verses 10, 11, and 12, there are three things, three appeals that the Holy Spirit is making to us. Uh, in verse 10, it says, now for the voice of the Holy, or now the voice of the Holy Spirit, therefore be wise. Um, the Holy Spirit's asking us to, to sort of reconsider our choice of rebellion. That's the context of the psalm. 
um, independence for a short time is fun and exciting. Uh, the Bible says it's in a, it's the way that leads to death. Uh, and Jesus sadly said that's the way most of us take. So verse 10 of the appeals to be wise in verse 11, where it says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Um, the, the appeal there, um, Edward is, um, for us to serve the Lord. Uh, I mean, that may sound obvious, but, but being a servant means that we surrender our bodies to him. Service to God is the only proper response to this, this holy God that's set before us in this psalm. Now, service. Um, I always make people angry when I say this. You know, we have a, a, a church culture where uh, people volunteer for things. That's not being a servant. A volunteer serves when it's convenient to volunteer, serves when there's nothing better to do. Um, often the volunteer will stop serving when something better comes along. But a servant serves. And the Holy Spirit is appealing to us to, to serve the Lord. And I've talked about this a lot on this program in response to questions. But I think sometimes people think churches ask people to serve just so we can get all the work done for free. That's not it at all. I just had a great study. Um, I can't remember the day. It was either Wednesday this week or Friday last week where I was talking to our church about how blessed we are here uh, at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio because we've always had people to serve more than we need. And that's been true for the entire almost 24 years that we've been here. Um that that's where our heart for God is really revealed. It's also when we're serving, um, when God refines our heart, when God pours out his spirit upon us and then through us. And uh, the appeal of the Holy Spirit is to serve the Lord. Um, you know, the churches that you serve don't need you to serve. As I said, at our church, we've got plenty of people to serve. But we want you to serve because we want you to get blessed. We want you to be a part, physically a part of what God is doing. So that's the the reply or the the appeal of the Holy Spirit. The verse that you asked about, kiss the son lest he be angry, uh, that's an appeal to our heart in verse 12, Edward. Submit to Jesus. And what says kiss the son lest he be angry, um, it's like the ancient oriental custom of kissing the feet or the signet ring of a ruler in those days. And here's what I think the New Testament parallel uh, to verse 12 is, uh, Edward. I think it's Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Think of the Holy Spirit as sort of the conductor of your life. He's got the baton up and he's waiting to make beautiful music. And as soon as you get involved, he's making beautiful music with you. But obviously the only way we can do that is when Jesus is the one in charge. So, Edward, I'm sorry I just didn't see um, the reference in th- that you alluded to. I think Acts 16.31 is where I would tend to go. Here is an anonymous female. She says, uh, Pastor Ron, if I choose not to marry, am I robbing myself of God's blessings? Um, Anonymous female, that's a really, really difficult question to answer. Now, uh, if you choose, the personal pronoun used, if I choose, whatever you choose that doesn't include God in the decision-making process is going to result in you being robbed of God's blessings. Uh, and there are people who make choices. I'm going to have kids. I don't want to have kids. I'm going to get married. I don't want to bother. I don't want to get married. Uh, as Christians, we, we, we've we got to remember, we have no right to our own opinion. We have no right to sort of order our own steps. So what we should do is consult the Lord. And and if God's put that on your heart and he confirms that, that, that serving him without getting married is the key to, to uh, a, a blessed life for you, then go for it. Just go for it. On the other hand, don't shut out the possibility that God has someone or something that he wants to do through you that is far greater than he can do on your own. So this really, this question is not really about being married or being single. The question is about being in the will of God. And these are the kind of lifetime decisions 
that uh, the wise man or woman of God will make sure that he or she is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think the way to shut off any possibility of the devil coming back and trying to rob you later is to have the answer. If If you're committed to being single and God's put that in your heart and he confirms it, then when the enemy starts heaping condemnation on you in the in the future, you can just say, I know that's the voice of the devil. I don't need to listen to that. On the other hand, uh, if God says, I have somebody for you, just keep serving me, then, then as a single woman, keep serving Jesus with all of your heart, and one day you'll turn around and there he will be. And God will bring you together at just the right time, and you will have... Um, access to all of God's blessings. The one thing we don't want to do is shut ourselves off from uh, any blessings that the Lord has for us. And the way to do that, I repeat one more time, is to make sure that you're not the one making the decisions in your life, that those decisions are being made by Jesus himself. 340-9585 for live calls and questions. Here's a question from Art. He wants to know if we will have free will in heaven. Um, no, but that's a good thing. Um, I think we, we have to be really careful when we apply things like free will as we know it here on earth. Certainly we have free will here on earth. But we have to be very careful when we apply those earthly things to heaven because heaven is a completely different order, completely new order. Uh, for example, uh, our, the angels in heaven had a one-time opportunity to exercise their free will. They had to make a choice. God never demands that anybody serve him. He wants them to choose to. And the angels, of course, with Lucifer leading the rebellion, um, had that opportunity one time to make a choice. A third of the angels fell with him. We now call them demons. Two-thirds of the angels kept their first estate. We know them as God's heavenly angels of different sorts and different levels of power and different and different orders. But now they don't have a choice any longer. Why? Because having made the choice... They're perfectly content in the goodness of God. And they will serve the Lord with great joy, great satisfaction forever. Well, that's what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. Remember, Art, when we get to heaven, we'll have no sin nature. Any darkness in us will be vanquished. Our bodies will be physical. They will be like Jesus' glorified, resurrected body. And we will be like him in the sense that there'll be no more temptation you know, when Jesus says, go do this, we won't say, wow, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something else. That's going to be the farthest thing from our hearts and minds. And, and um, Art, I believe that, that we won't even remember those times when we rebelled when we were here on earth. Our sins will be remembered no more. We will remember them no more. No more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. And we will exercise what we understand here on earth as free will to be with Jesus, worshiping him and serving him forever and ever and ever. Now, lest anybody think that sounds boring, I promise you, you've got the wrong idea about heaven, the wrong idea about Jesus. Imagine getting the one thing that you've always wanted, even though you couldn't describe what it was. Have you ever awakened one day and you just had a taste for something? Paul, I drive Paula crazy sometimes. I'll say, man, I've got a taste for, and I, I won't be able to put my finger on it, because she'd, of course, get anything and make anything. I've got a taste for this. I just can't figure out what it is. And we'll try to experiment. I'll get something. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Well, she'll hand me something. and say, that's the taste I was looking for. Well, that's what heaven will be like when we get there we'll know this is where we're perfect, where we fit in, where we know we're loved and we're able to love unconditionally, selflessly. 
And all of that is a result of exercising our free will here on earth to choose to serve Jesus. And when we get to heaven, he honors that choice. He honors that choice, Art. Well, we enjoy the fruit of the choice that we made. Ooh, I like thinking about that. Thanks for asking that question, Art. Here is a question from... uh, uh, I'm gonna. I got the name, but I'm gonna leave it anonymous, just because I am not sure. I don't want anybody to recognize people. Uh, she says, "My husband doesn't want to leave our church, even though I think the church is teaching some things that are not biblical. What do you think I should do?" Um, Madison, these are always tough things, um, de- depending on. Oh. Oof. I'm sorry, I said I said your name. My producer's going, don't, don't. Oh, well, I'm looking at your name. Okay, I'll try not to do it again. Um, anonymous. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get old. Um, what you need to do is sit down with your husband and go through the things that you don't think are correct doctrinally, correct biblically. Um, your husband has a responsibility to present you before Jesus um, whole and blameless. And uh, if he's got you in a church where there are bad things being taught. Now, I'm not talking about minor doctrinal differences or differences in non-essentials. If you just disagree, if you're, the, the church that you and your husband uh, are going to uh, teaches that the gifts of the Spirit uh, like tongues are not for days. That's a minor thing. You can you can filter that out when it's being taught. Um, if if the role of women uh, is something that you disagree with, um, you and your husband need to sit down and work these things out. It's very 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 important that you are walking together in agreement, following Jesus. That doesn't mean there there won't be disagreements or different opinions. What it means is that you can serve where you are. Now, the other question to ask your husband is, uh, why don't you want to leave the church if I'm not comfortable there or if if this teaching isn't biblical? Uh, and talk it out. You and your husband, you love each other. Um, uh, you're serving the Lord together, ostensibly. Um, so you, you, you've got to be able to talk these things through. Uh, one of the frustrating things for me over the many, many years of being a pastor here is is that husbands and wives avoid talking about these things when these are the very things that you ought to be talking about. Now, let me give you, I think, the best possible place to, to make ask these questions and have these discussions. You and your husband ought to be daily, and I don't mean... You're going to go to hell if you miss a day, but but I mean it needs to be the pattern of your life. You need to be in the Word together. Him reading to you, you reading to Him. Doesn't have to be huge chunks of Scripture, but the Word is living and active. And it's in those times when you're together and the Spirit of God is at work and the living, active Word of God is is working in your heart. That's the time and the place to have these kinds of discussions. And here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that in your reading and talking about what you've read, all of these issues will come up. Again, if this is just a matter of you disagreeing with non-essentials, then follow the spiritual lead of your husband. If these are doctrinal errors that are important, not only essentials, but some things that are non-essential to salvation, but are essential. For instance, if if you come to believe in Calvinism and your husband in the church that you're going to doesn't, um, then then you've got to resolve these things. And uh, in 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 that example that I gave you, the the way to do that is is just to to together study the nature of Jesus. Let me recommend a book for everybody. It's a book written by a. A dear, dear, dear friend of mine. It is a Christian classic. It's been out for, oh, I don't know, 30 years. Um, um, It's called The Jesus Style by Gail Irwin. E-R-W-I-N. 
We've had Gail at our church a whole bunch of times. He and his wife, Ada, are really, really dear friends. Uh, this book is an absolute Christian classic. By the way, you can go to YouTube and you can and, and put in the search engine uh, Gail Irwin, The Jesus Style, and you can see him giving that message. Um, but the book has more detail. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And if you study these issues between you and your husband, keeping the character, the nature of Jesus at the forefront of your, your, your hearts and discussion, uh, then, then there will be agreement. Uh, I'm not a fan of moving around churches, so unless the church is dealing with um, some issues where their teaching is heretical, or if you just don't feel like you're getting fed, um, if there's no opportunity to use your gifts and serve, uh, then it might be time to start looking for another church. But you and your husband need to work that out. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls. We got about five minutes before the half. Okay, uh, we'd love to have your calls as we close out the week today. Here is a question from Kent. He says, "Is being drunk in the spirit biblical?" Kent, the answer is no. That's crazy, charismatic nonsense. People that go to church to laugh and to bark and to shake and to call it being drunk in the Spirit uh, don't understand at all what the role of the Holy Spirit is. Uh, One of the fruits from Galatians chapter 5 of the Holy Spirit is self-control. And this kind of nonsense uh, borders on blasphemy. It's it's a non-essential uh, how we function, gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but this is just craziness. If you go to a church, Kent, where um, they're talking about losing control or uh, unable to stop something from happening, uh, you're in a church that has a, a really, really poor grasp of what the Bible teaches about the gifts of the Spirit. And once again, uh, from our last question, uh, we sort of left the nature of Jesus behind. We don't see Jesus laughing in the Spirit. We don't see um, when the Spirit of God made his entrance into this world uh, in Acts chapter 2. We don't see the the, the disciples uh, who will become apostles. We don't see them out um, falling on the ground, out of control. Nothing like that is happening at all. One of the key features of being filled with the Spirit is being in control. Now, we're in control by surrendering to the Lord, but it's not this emotional nonsense that we see. You know, Kent, one of the things in your question is, uh, I appreciate you asking, um, this is discernment working in your heart and mind, Um, but uh, whenever we feel like we have to get goosebumps, we have to have an experience. Um, we're, We're not functioning under the power of the Holy Spirit. And these kind of manifestations are are uh, counterfeit. Um, and because you always need more, they lead to more silliness, um, laughing, barking, falling down, shaking, being slain in the Spirit. All of that is just crazy nonsense. And it's really sad to me as a pastor that even unbelievers could walk into church and say, man, these people are nuts. And yet we as Christians, we just fall right into it and assume that, well, because we're Christians, because we're in a church, this is the way God works. In the last 15 years, there have been three so-called revivals that have started featuring this kind of nonsense, if you ever find yourself in a church or in a so-called revival and the manifestations of the Spirit are being poured out like that, you're not under the influence of the Holy Spirit at all. In fact, you're under the influence of the unholy Spirit. Kent, decency and in order is always, always a sign of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I hope that answers your question and your discernment never, ever Ignore it. That's just Jesus in you. Um, trying to keep you balanced. Balanced. Well, we're inside uh, about a minute and a half now. I'm not going to answer another question. Um, 
let me just share my heart with you on on these issues. Uh, I, I have a, a, a pastor's discipleship class that we do every other Saturday if I'm in town. Uh, it's from ten thirty to twelve thirty um, on on that Saturday. Um, we got a pretty good group, 60, 70 people that come, husbands and wives, and some singles come as well. But um, the idea is we talk about issues in the church, and we talk about things like this, the, the function of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the class where all of my uh, pastors have come out of. It's uh, my elders have come out of this class. Um, the people that we've sent out to plant churches have come out of this class. Uh, and it's just a... a, a, a really, really fruitful ministry. We've been doing it for most of the time that we've been here, 20 years at least, uh, here in in San Antonio. I bring that up because tomorrow I'd appreciate your prayers. We're going to be talking about the the uh, sex abuse scandal in the Southern, Southwest, in the Southern Baptist Church uh, that's been made public this week. We're going to talk about some pastors that have fallen. And we don't do this to say, well, they deserve it. We do it because we want to be on guard on ourselves. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the week. 340-9585. We'd love your calls. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program did i remind you at the beginning we will not be having a live program on monday because of the holiday i wanted to get it out of the way so i don't forget it um, when we rush off at the end you know i thought it was funny I was talking about the pastor's discipleship class and asking for prayer. We're gonna have a, it's not a, a fun class uh, uh, this uh, this Saturday. It, it, it's always a great class, but it's not particularly fun. And then when I signed off, well, the the promo that you heard was Pastor Troy Neely from Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. He's one of those guys who came out of that pastor's class. He was a staff pastor here at our church for 10 years. Um, we sent him out to plant his own church. He's a good guy, has a great heart, and he's a good Bible teacher. So if you're in the north-central part of San Antonio and are looking for a really, really good church, um, Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock, it's not a big church, but you'll be loved on in a big way. Here's a question from Leslie. She says, what is the best way to protect your own children when marrying someone with his own children? Leslie, this question really distresses me. Um, and, and it does because if you're dating somebody that you don't trust your children with, you have no business even talking about marrying him or, or, or even dating him at this point. Uh, let me suggest that you... Get your pastor and you get into premarital counseling immediately and make sure one of these things that you're going to talk about, and and when I say talk about it, just don't listen. Get it resolved between uh, the pastor and you and your your future husband. Uh, This issue of blending a family together, it's so difficult. And what happens often, Leslie, is that um, we come into friction. Well, the 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 one parent won't let the other parent discipline his or her children, uh, and vice versa. Uh, if if you're considering marrying a man that you don't trust explicitly and completely with your children, your flesh and blood children, then don't even see him again. I mean, it's that straightforward. These issues aren't resolved. They will be used by the enemy to to devastate your household. And then you've got more kids sometimes and, and they get caught in the, in the middle of the trap. It's very important that you understand. Here's what I tell people uh, in that situation. Um, that if God has brought you together, then the man that he's brought into your life 
is the one that he, God, has entrusted with your children in the role of the father in the home. That doesn't diminish the role of their real father, their biological father. Not at all. But in the home, this is the man that God has entrusted you and your children with. And if you've got different ideas about discipline, if you've got different ideas about how to treat his kids versus your kids, then you're nowhere near ready to even begin talking about being married. I can't express enough how important it is to understand this, because if there's that enemy, if, if, if two walk together, they can't do unless they agree. That's what Amos 3.3 says. Um, this is an, an area in your, in your marriage that the enemy will exploit, I promise you. And it's got to be resolved before you ever get that place. So don't worry. If you have to worry about protecting your kids, if you think he loves his kids more than he loves your kids, this isn't the man God's brought into your life. It's really important. You, Leslie, have been charged by God with loving and protecting your children to bring a man into their life that you don't have 100% confidence in his heart towards your kids is one of the worst mistakes that you could ever make. So please, please take heed of that. Um, in second and even sometimes third marriages, um, this relationship with uh, kids that aren't your biological kids is always one of the reasons that marriages don't make it. Here is an anonymous question. What should Christians do when it comes to all the kids in foster care and the terrible conditions many of them live in? Anonymous, I can hear your heart in the question. And by the way, this is a question that is uh, um, that, that the Lord is really beginning to answer here in our church. So let me take just a couple of minutes to share my heart with you. Um, uh, I mentioned yesterday because uh, today, actually, at 1.30, uh, one of my staff pastors um, went to court where they were given um, complete and final guardianship. They're the new mom and dad of a, of a little boy uh, that they've been fostering. Uh, they've also gone through this process with this little boy's two biological sisters. And so now all three siblings are, are the sons and daughters of, of uh, Pastor Alfredo and Sandra. And, and we, we've had other families do this in the church, and it's just been an amazing thing to watch. And what God has done, he's put it on our heart to have a ministry that we call Restoring Hearts. And uh, it is for those people like you uh, who have a heart for kids in foster care, and your heart breaks when you see what happens, especially the older kids. When they time out of the foster care system, they are on their own. And so many of these kids have been in so many different homes and uh, really haven't learned what it means to be loved on. Well, anonymous people with your heart are the answer to that problem. So this sounds like one of those burdens that God's put on your heart. So you really need to, to be in God's Word. You need to be in prayer about how you might be used by the Lord. Now, obviously, fostering kids is not for everybody. Um... All of the families, I'm making sure, all of the families uh, that have fostered have their own biological kids. So you're, you're bringing in um, strangers, really, to your home, um, and, and that affects your children. This is something that has to be a family decision. Um, in our case, all three of the families that started this whole process uh, have adopted uh, the children that they are, they are fostering. Um, and given them permanence and stability, so they're not going to go back into the foster care system. Um, uh, and, and, you know, even if you're not called to do that, there's so many ways that you can help those who are called to do it. Now, I'm not going to speak for the Lord here. I never do that. But when I get a question like this, it's almost always a signal to me that God's put a burden on your heart. We started multi-medical because God put a burden on my heart. It took 12 years 
before we broke ground from the time God put that burden on my heart before that it was our free school well it appears to me anonymous as though you have been given a burden by the Lord and uh, you and your husband if you're married um, you need to really take this matter to the Lord in prayer Uh, the burdens don't go away they just get deeper and deeper and deeper thank you for, for your heart Let's go to Somerset, Texas, and talk with Scott on line one. Scott, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Scott, are you there? Hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. Okay. God bless you, brother. I just Thank wanted you. to mention um, there, there are so many ways that people can get involved and help out in the foster care. They don't have to be a foster family. Um, my wife and I did go through the training. We never did foster, but you can be um, what they call respite care, which is where you give other foster families a break and maybe take uh, like a, you could be like a grandparent to the kids, kind of like a foster grandparent. And there's one other program I, I'm, I'll let you know in the future. Maybe you know about it. It's called CASA. My wife just got um, trained at that, and they're an advocate for foster children. And they, they're volunteers, but they um, basically follow that child through everything, and they have rights to go to their schools to, to you know, basically look over that child as, as a third party, and they're, they're involved with also advice in the court if there's issues either with the foster care or the parents. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention that also. Scott, thank you very, very much. Um, God bless you for that. It's interesting, one of uh, my elders... Uh, was a former director of CASA, so we're, we're, we're really familiar with that program. And, and what you pointed out about there's so much, so much you can do, uh, even if you're not called to foster uh, a child, uh, whether it's just fostering or, or, or eventually adopting them, um, taking them to uh, counseling sessions, taking them to doctor's appointments, uh, as you suggested, giving the parents a break so they can go out and have a date. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do. And that's really the heart behind our ministry, Restoring Hearts, Scott. So thank you for that very, very much. Um, Jesus couldn't have been more clear. What we do for the least of these, we do for him. And we do even to him. And uh, unfortunately, the foster kids, many of them are, are considered the least of these. Scott, thank you very, very much. Let's go to line two, Jimmy from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Um, yes, sir. Hi, um, Jimmy. Hi. Hi, sir. Um, my mom, my mom's been going to the doctors, like, for all these tests, and she has, like, a, a pain on the on the right hip or something. I don't know. And then the doc, she's just telling me that the doctor doesn't even know, doesn't know what's wrong with her. Doesn't know where she has a pain or whatever. And... I asked her. I asked her, "Hey, mom, you know that's kind of strange that he doesn't know, but you know, I mean, I know that I can pray for you, and you know, and if you want me to pray for you, I can pray for you." And she says, "No, I don't want you to pray for me." <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> well, it's very frustrating. I mean, I mean, I'm like, she's getting older. She's 89, and and she's still in her normal prayers with her rosary and all this and yeah. I don't bother her with that so I'm like but I, I don't Jimmy, know I, I know you know my heart so please listen to, to my heart here uh, your mother's 89 and things are starting to, to, to go wrong it's just the normal course of life uh, as uncomfortable as it is for you now is the time where you have to bother her with these things Mom, I want you to be in heaven, and the only way to do that is to be born again. And 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 what religion has done to you, Mom, is that now you've got a, a pain, and you rejected prayer as a means to to to, to answer that prayer. And and you know, Jimmy, what I've done in in cases like this in the past is I've asked people very directly. I said, Look, if God takes away that pain, will you believe? And sometimes they say no. They don't want to believe. They don't want to get out of that Catholic bubble that they're in. Sometimes they say yes. And I can tell you this, when they've done that, every single time, 
that I prayed for him and asked God to show them who he really was um, by, by touching them and giving them relief from the pain every single time that's happened. So this is, this is a time... This is the time to be aggressive. And I don't mean aggressive in your face, aggressive, you know that. But just, Mom, I'm never going to stop telling you about Jesus. You must be born again. Uh, it, it's just the height of, of um, hard-heartedness. When somebody says, can I pray for your pain? No, don't want prayer. So I'll be praying for her. What's your mom's first name, just so I can pray for her? Oh, Inez. Inez. Well, tell Inez oh. she's getting prayed for, Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless you, man. Bless you. Bye-bye. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We've still got some time left for the program. You know, uh, we were doing an outreach in uh, New York City, and um, we were in Times uh, Square, or, or no, I'm sorry, we're in Central Park, and uh, we were just sharing Jesus with people and. And uh, I went up to one guy, uh, you know, and, and you ask people whether they're homeless or they're just in the park. Um, you ask people, is there anything I can pray for? And almost everybody says yes. Well, there was one guy uh, sitting there on a bench with his hat on and um, just kind of wouldn't make eye contact. And I said, hey, bro, we're, we're praying for people. Can is there what, what do you need God to do to believe? And he wouldn't talk to me. I said, look. Is there anything that I can pray for? Nope, don't need prayer for anything. And I said, my goodness, can I ask you a favor then? And he looked at me, eye to eye. And I said, I've never met anybody who didn't need prayer before. So would you pray for me? And you should have seen him. He took his hat off, held it in his hand to his heart, and began to pray for me. Now, it was the prayer of an unbeliever. But it was so gentle and so tender. And that made an impression on that guy. So remember, we've got people to share. Let's go to James on line three from San Antonio. James, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Papa Ron. How are you today? Hi, James. I'm doing well. Thanks. Great. Hey, I decided to call in with this question because I thought many, not only myself and my family, but others might be able to benefit from your answer. Uh, I have a 28-year-old unbelieving daughter in another state, and um, she's been living with uh, a, a guy. Uh, they She just gave birth to their second child with this guy. At a funeral last year, I, I, I confronted him because I've confronted her already in the past, but I confronted him and told him uh, that, you know, how it displeases God and how it breaks my heart to see them. Uh, living like that, and uh, we want them to come visit us here in Texas, but the reason why we haven't invited them is because they're not married. When I told him that, you know, his eyes had like a look of an epiphany, and he was like, oh, that's why. And a month later, he proposed to her, um, Mm -hmm. and they're getting married this October, and so we're excited about that, but more than, yeah, but more than that, we're praying for their salvation. Um, what I'm, what I want to ask about is I, I saw them last weekend and my, my daughter tells me, you know, who's marrying us, right? And I said, no, it's my unbelieving sister who lives in Vegas, who has a marriage license to marry people. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel when I talked to Mimi, we were like looking at each other. So, um, <laughs> You know, I, I do believe that God wants us to be there to represent him. And even when we were having dinner last week, they don't pray when they eat. So I prayed, and um, and they say, oh, yeah, what are we going to do at the wedding? Because I'm sure people are going to want to pray. And then my daughter said, well, who's going to pray? And so I told her, I'll pray. So I just want to get your input on this whole wedding that now has me kind of like, unsettled and we'll take the answer <laughs> offline all of us in the car right now me 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 and ella <laughs> thank you james thank you hi mimi hi ella good to see well kind of good to see you guys uh, i hope i'll see you soon um uh, james just praise the lord that they're getting married now um the important thing remember your your, your daughter and the, this man are not christians we, we have no reason to expect that they're going to, to be married in a church or in a Christian ceremony. In fact, if I did the wedding, it would be very secular. It would tell them about, I'd tell them about Jesus, but it'd be more gospel oriented than it would be 
I, I wouldn't pretend just because they're in church getting married that's okay. The important thing is that they're getting married. The institution of marriage itself is ordained by God. So it doesn't matter if there is somebody in Las Vegas who's who's um, legally able to do weddings in Vegas. Anybody can do a wedding almost. Uh, California, by the way, the same thing is true. Um, uh, the, the the fact that they're getting married, they'll have a, a marriage license. She'll take his name, and the kids will have a mom and dad legally married together. Puts them in a place where at least they're no longer sinning. And 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 that will be one thing that's removed uh, from the ability of God to communicate with them and, and and hit their heart. If you get the opportunity to pray, James. Uh, if they let you do it, do it. Uh, by all means, you should be there. Um, but remember, they're not believers. They're unbelievers. If they were uh, believers, if, if if they just called you and said, I just got saved, then 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 we could say, that, OK, you need to separate now until until the wedding. Um, but that's not the way of the world. That's not what they're going to do. So just let them know over and over how pleased you are that they're getting married. And then also, and uh, knowing you guys, it's not going to be something that you have a hard time with. Uh, just say, well, you know, I'm praying for you all the time that you and whatever his name is, that the two of you uh, would, would would be in the family so that we could spend together forever in heaven. And then the one thing I've told my kids over and over and over is I love you so much I can't imagine heaven without you. So I'm never going to stop praying for you. I'm never going to stop telling about the goodness of our Jesus and tell you how much he loves you. So uh, use this as an opportunity to rejoice. Uh, you're going to see some things at the wedding and at a reception that are going to make you open your eyes. But uh, this is a good thing. They're, they're, re- they're removing the sin from their relationship. And at least uh, that barrier will be removed between them and the Lord. So, James, thank you very, very much. I'll be praying for her. 340-9585. We've still got a little bit of time to um, take a phone call. Here's a question anonymously. Um, The man I'm marrying wants me to stop going to my church and attend his. There's nothing wrong with his church. I just feel more comfortable where I am. Is it okay to go to different churches? Uh, it's not okay to go to different churches. Um, you need to get the personal pronouns out of your life. Uh, I just feel more comfortable where I am. Um, remember, you're not two anymore. You're one flesh. And for a husband and a wife not to be serving together in the same church, if there's nothing wrong with his church, here's what I want you to do. I want you to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Trust God here. And if you're just really comfortable in your church, then what you do is you ask God to move on his heart. But in the meantime, in the meantime, remember that your job is to submit to the leadership of your husband. Now, if his church was heretical, um, I I might have a slightly different answer. But uh, from your own writing, there's nothing wrong with his church. Uh, it isn't about how you feel. This is about you and your husband starting a whole new life together as one. So do that which will please the Lord. Submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Here's a question from Joel. He says, what would you say to someone who believes God is unfair and unjust to allow so much suffering to his own people? Joel um, I, I think we often get that response from unbelievers. Um, people are looking for reasons not to stop sinning, not to submit to God. So here's what I would say. I would say, was it unjust or unfair when God sent his own son to suffer for you so that you could come to heaven so that you could be part of the family. Was it unjust that God sent his own son? And the follow-up would be, well, if God sent his own son and he suffered, if and and we know Jesus asked three times if this cup could pass, three times the, 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 the Father's answer was no. If then we belong to him, 
Is it unfair, unjust that we share in the fellowship of his sufferings? You know, nobody likes to suffer. Nobody likes an unjust world or an unfair world. But you see, he doesn't ask us to do anything he hasn't first done for us. Jesus said the disciples not above his teacher. He suffered, they'll suffer. They hated me, Jesus said. They insulted me, they will hate you and insult you. Even Jesus' own family thought he was out of his mind. And yet he kept his eyes on Jesus. Sometimes we treat God like it's his job to make sure that our life is happy and without problems. That's not the real world that we live in. That's not a biblical view of the world. So, Joel, I would just focus them on the sacrifice God made. Jesus Christ went to the cross and suffered infinitely more than anybody on this earth has ever suffered. And he wants that suffering to be for your benefit. And probably what you'll find is the issue with them is not suffering or unfairness at all. The issue for them is they don't want to stop sinning. They don't want to give over control of their lives. And that's what we have to do, Joel. So pray for them. Introduce them to Jesus and pray for them. Thanks for a great week on the program. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back on Tuesday, not Monday because of the holiday. I'll be back on Tuesday at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.